Well, good morning. It's a pleasure to join you in worship and to share God's word with you this morning. Brothers and sisters in Christ, today we celebrate All Saints Day. It's a day where we especially remember and reflect on those who have departed in the faith and are now eternally with their Lord. We especially remember, as we just did, those who have gone before us in the past year. And what better way to do such reflection than to meditate on the beautiful image the Apostle John gives us in the first reading you heard from Revelation chapter 7. It's one of the most beautiful pictures in all of God's word of the church triumphant, the washed and redeemed children of God worshiping him and enjoying the bliss of eternal life. So we're going to take a few minutes this morning just to meditate on this image and certain parts of it. And I encourage you to open the Bibles in your seats to Revelation chapter 7. You'll find it on page 1032. So first, let's behold this image at a bird's eye view and what detail we have to see. John gives us the size and the scope of this place, and our image is completely full. We see crowds and multitudes of people beyond number stretching the entirety of the frame, with the implication that the crowds and lines of people extend far beyond what we can see. The throne room of God is unlike any structure or room that we can conceive of, but rather it seems boundless and endless, yet filled to the brim with worshipers of the king. These worshipers are something to behold, of course. They're both so diverse and so united. They come from all nations, tribes, peoples, and languages, yet are so wondrously united in their worship of their king. Such unity is strikingly captured in the sea of white that dominates our image, the gleaming, dazzling white robes that every worshiper wears. What's happening in this image? What's going on? Well, all the worshipers are turned toward the same focal point in the center of the image, the very throne of God upon which God the Father sits in all of his splendor, glory, and majesty with the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world at his right hand. And these worshipers, they're not just passively looking on to this scene. No, they're actively worshiping, raising palm branches and voices up and down, singing a beautiful song to their God. Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, they cry. Can you imagine how beautiful that song must have sounded in John's ears? For this is the song of God and of the Lamb, the song of eternity. But before we get too lost in all the beautiful details John gives us, I want to zoom in on one particular detail. For what stands out to me the most in this image 
is the sea of white that completely encircles the throne of God, encasing it in pure light. What stands out to me the most are the robes. Why? Well, they're spotless. Of all the garments susceptible to stains and smears and soiling, it is white garments, and yet these white robes are without a spot, without a blemish. We join the Apostle John as he beholds this image in awe, but also in fear, for he stands before the Almighty God. For to stand before the Almighty God while sinful, soiled, and unclean is to die. We join a, a chorus of saints who have gone before us and had similar experiences throughout the scriptures. We join the prophet Isaiah as he beheld God in his heavenly temple and cried out, Woe is me! I am undone, for I am a man of unclean lips in the middle of a people of unclean lips. We join the people of Israel as they shriveled and trembled before the Lord God at Mount Sinai. We join Adam and Eve as they hid in the Garden of Eden after they had first sinned, naked and ashamed. We join them because we, like them, are sinful, soiled, shamed, and standing before the sovereign Lord. This is why the white robes are so important. Who are these, clothed in white robes, and from where have they come? The elder asks. Who are these? These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. These robes are so important because they are what allow God's people to be in his throne room in the first place. They're so important because they are washed not in the righteousness or the works of man, but in the very blood of the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. They are so important because through these robes, God clothes his people with his righteousness. Righteousness secured through his son's blood. For to cleanse a sinful and stained people, blood had to be shed. And the blood of animal sacrifices was never going to be enough for the sins of the world. So Jesus came. He came not to lord it over us as the judge of the world, but rather to become one with his people. Not to judge us, but to save us. Not to scare us out of hiding, but rather to clothe himself in our flesh and blood. To clothe himself in humility. To the point of being stripped and whipped and mocked, beaten and shamed, exposed on a cross for all to see. 
naked and ashamed, that we might be clothed and exalted. Because these robes, washed in this blood, that not only allow God's people to be in his kingdom eternally, but to enjoy the benefits and the bliss of that kingdom. And here, our image widens out. We can see the rolling green hills of eternal pastures, the lush springs of living water, and the light of God constantly emanating from his throne. It is these robes and these robes alone that merit these blessings, for they are the very righteousness of God. Yet, my dear friends in Christ, as beautiful as that image is, it's not all John wants us to see this morning. We hear that as countless as the crowd clad in white is, as boundless as God's throne room is, as limitless as his blessings are, there is yet more for us to see. And here I would point you to the first half of Revelation chapter 7 in your Bibles where John tells us that there yet remains on this earth a crowd, a gathering of God's people, enduring through the great tribulation, yet sealed and saved unto salvation with the very seal of the living God put on their foreheads. It's from this group that people are brought out of tribulation and into this glorious church triumphant. Who are these? Well, they look a lot like you and me. They look a lot like those who gather in Jesus' name on this earth. You see, as we grieve, as we mourn, as we remember today, those who have gone before us in the faith. We fall into the trap so easily that we are so detached and disconnected from our loved ones that we are altogether separated from them. And yet, dear friends in Christ, John tells us otherwise this morning. He tells us that while we may be physically separated from our loved ones right now, we yet experience the most intimate and powerful fellowship with them here and now in this place where heaven meets earth. For we, in fact, step into God's throne room this morning. As countless as the crowd dressed in white robes is, there we are. Among them, saints of our own, washed in holy baptism, sealed with the mark of the living God. As boundless as God's throne room is, yet our worship space is included. For wherever two or three are gathered in his name, wherever God's word and gifts are proclaimed and given, there he is with all of his grace. There the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world is. And there all of God's saints rejoice and sing. 
as limitless as these eternal blessings they enjoy are, yet we enjoy a foretaste of them here and now in this place. We see it with our eyes. We hear it with our ears. We taste it in our mouths. We receive it in our hearts. Friends, we behold God in this place and we worship his name. We sing his praises and are dressed in dazzling white. It sure doesn't feel like this sometimes, of course. We are part of what is often called the church militant. Those who continue to endure on this broken earth amid the great trials and tribulations. And we all experience this in different ways. We still struggle with our sin and the sin of others. If you're anything like me, most days you hardly feel your garments are spotless, dazzling white, but rather stained and soiled beyond help. Death continues to take those whom we love and leave our lives and our hearts shattered in its wake. Death's sting is all too hurtful in this world. Scorching heat still burns and sears. Grief and tears continue to weigh us down and to torment us as we mourn those we have lost. Whether it was days ago, weeks, months, even years. And it hurts. It stings. And we feel far from this image John paints. Far from this church triumphant. Far from these dazzling robes of white. These are the truths our eyes see. But with the eyes of faith, we behold a much different picture. Friends in Christ, we behold not our own sin this morning, but God's robe of righteousness draped over us. We behold God the Father reigning on his throne. We behold God the Son exalted and glorified, bearing the very marks of his passion for us. We behold our loved ones raising their palm branches and their voices in song and praise to God. We behold all the company of heaven bowing before the Lord. Yet even more than that, we join them. We join them this morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. We step into this image to behold God and to worship him. We join them in the sure and certain hope that at the last, all tears shall be wiped away, death shall be conquered, and we shall be physically reunited with all believers in Christ and eternally guided by our good shepherd. We join as our liturgy goes with the saints, angels, and archangels, and all the company of heaven in that beautiful heavenly doxology to our God. Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Amen. 
blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of Jesus, who clothes us with his righteousness. Amen.